Welcome, welcome everybody to the IBN College Football Weekly Podcast. We are on week number eight. I'm your host, IBS Jesus, along with my co-host, Marcus Anthony. How you doing, Marcus? Are you there, Marcus? I guess Marcus is not there. Like always. There we go. Yep. Like always, technical difficulties, messing with uh, blog talk, (laughs) but yep. I got you. Um, one day, blog talk is going to get it right. I figure when we make it big. One day, man. Blo- yeah, blog talk is going to look back on this and wish they had treated us better. So um, we're going to change up the format a little bit this week. Uh, we're going to give the top right. ten committee picks uh, right now. And it's it's pretty fresh in my mind because um, I just finished the list today. Uh, usually we have a couple days ahead. So let's go ahead and get this thing going. Coming now, in at number start, ten. How many? Oh, right. No, I was going to go say, ahead. how many votes go into the top ten? Like, how many people vote again? All right. So to to break it down again, there are thirteen members. Um, I picked thirteen, so we would never have a tiebreaker. Um, and okay, in the well, or essentially not have any ties. Um, and so far it has worked out. Uh, the way that I calculate the uh the top ten is I get all 13 members to give me uh, their 10 best teams in no order whatsoever, okay? Uh, I take that list um, based off the 13, and and whoever obviously gets the most votes, those teams will uh, go on to be the top 10 teams. Uh, Once I get that list, I send it back. They uh, rank them in order, and then I give the um, order the number that is designated. So if Florida comes in at number 10, they're given 10 points for that particular vote. Um, the least amount of um, votes goes to the number one team. So uh, this week, or actually, I'm not even going to get ahead of myself. This week, the number one yeah, team no, got the yeah, lowest yeah. amount of votes, the lowest amount of votes that we've had so far. Um, so it was it was pretty much unanimous uh, in, in who they thought was the number one team. So that's how I do it. Um, okay. So starting at number 10. We seem to pick up a new team every week so far. Coming in at number 10, Oregon Ducks from Pac-12. Coming in at number 9, another new team. Coming in at number 9, the Auburn Tigers from the SEC. Uh, Coming in at number 8, an oldie but goodie, Notre Dame. Uh, Coming in at number 7, the Florida Gators. Number 6, Penn State. And then I will say the the vote between four and five was literally one vote. One vote changed Ooh. the uh, the order. So coming in at number five is the Oklahoma Sooners, and they scored uh, 55 total. Okay. Uh, coming in at number four was the Clemson Tigers at 54. It was it was really close, really close. Our top three teams: number three, Alabama. Number two, Ohio State. And the number one team for the second week in a row, according to our committee, with the lowest total of uh, points awarded at 19, LSU. You sound sound disappointed. 
We we should we should <laughs> stop the podcast man. now. Hey, look, I'm not gonna let y'all turn this into eleven warriors. I'm gonna tell you that right now. <laughs> Did you? Well, obviously you've got the top ten list, um, and you generally ha- are the most controversial of the picks anyway. Um, Chase, what do you think about the top ten list? Let me pull it up. All right. I don't have any problem with LSU being number one, given the resume, though. I think that, I mean, like you just said, there's going to be so many games here in the next six weeks, um, really less than that. It's going to be a wild stretch run. All of these teams are going to see action except for Clemson. It's just like, it's pathetic. But so, I mean, in my opinion, I think that Clemson's high just because like you already touched on, they haven't played anyone. They haven't looked good when they do play. I mean, in comparison to, you know, Oklahoma and Penn State, who they're ahead of, I think easily you can push them back behind there. And then at the top, I think that, you know, LSU, Ohio State, and Bama, you could go any way with those, and uh, no one can really complain, even throw Oklahoma in there. I mean, they've done enough at this point to uh, earn more than, more respect than Clemson, in my opinion. I just I just don't know I don't know how they could possibly bump Clemson down. I actually do see our committee is bumping them down, but I just don't I don't see how this uh this year's committee could really dock a team that is the defending national champion and, and they go undefeated. It's just it would just be weird. And, and well, well, I mean but I don't think, think they will. I think you're right that they won't, but I think that you're gonna see like you remember last year you know, it was just kind of like Notre Dame got in. Everyone knew that they weren't good, but it's like, well, Notre Dame's undefeated, so you have to put them in. And it's like, all right, but really, we got enough good teams that, that everyone would want to see the matchups for that it's almost, like, disappointing. I mean, not that Clemson can't get there. They definitely – there's no reason for them to not be playing well. They're still, like, they have the best running back in the country. They got the best receiver in the country. They got, you know, a quarterback who – coming into this year was supposed to be the next greatest quarterback of all time ever on any <laughs> league. And, you know, so it's like if, if, if they can pull it together, it's there. Their defense isn't what it was last year, but it's obviously enough to get them through the, the weak conference that they have. And honestly, I mean, the same thing can be said about LSU and Bama in terms of their defense not being up enough. The, the big defensive improvements have become, have come from Ohio state and come from uh Oklahoma this year in comparison to last year in the last couple of years. But, um, you know, I, I think I, Clemson could, could pull it together, but just based on if, if the committee is supposed to be looking at this year's resume, I don't see it. I mean, you, 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 yeah. you're saying that they're just getting in off of their rep from last year. Yeah. And I mean, you think about this, I mean, put it in comparison, right? If I, I just wanted to be, I guess it's so subjective to picking, you know, the four most deserving teams and the four best teams. And I think the committee always, you know, blurs the lines on that point. But if Ohio State was, you know, now don't get me wrong, Clemson, you know, beat Louisville with 45 to 10 last week, but they've had struggles, you know, against Georgia, well, not Georgia State, excuse me, against North Carolina and some other teams. And if, you know, the national perception would be Ohio State struggling with Northwestern, the Big Ten sucks, Ohio State sucks. But it seems like Clemson is like, oh, well, you know, they're bored or they're whatever. Yeah, I get that. That may be the case, but – I mean, there hasn't been a team within 24 points of Ohio State. There hasn't been a team. You know, LSU has went on and been so dominant. I think if these resumes continue to play out, I just don't see how you can say, 
say we're putting the four best teams, you know, in the playoffs. And if you have a Oklahoma team that's playing at this level, you have Ohio State team, uh, LSU, and Alabama. I would feel much more comfortable putting them in front of Clemson if, you know, at the end of the day, those teams are 11 and 1 or 12 and up. Can you imagine not playing? I mean, because at the end of the season, Clemson, there's going to be no ranked teams on their schedule. I know they've had, like, A&M had a number in front of them in that game, but we know that was a lot. At the end of the yeah. day, when they get through their whole schedule, there's going to be no ranked teams. Can you imagine a team getting into the college football playoff with not having played a ranked team? I mean, yeah, UCF's yeah. going to be pretty pissed. Right. <laughs> I mean, the ACC is, is borderline group of five, if not even lower than that at this point. But how do you how do you guys propose changing that? Like, how how can Clemson change that? Should should they be taxed with having to play a harder out of conference schedule? Like, how do they get over the no. the fact that the people around them are weaker too? My thing I always say is I just go off the committee. Me personally, I I think strength of schedule is important but I think it's a little overrated. I think it's more about how you play versus who you play. So I, I'm fine with what Clemson's schedule is. I just feel that at, we're expecting them to play at maybe my perception is off. I'm just saying that I expect them to play at, at, a, at such a high level of competition to show, like, it, I don't care who the program is. You have to come out, you have to execute and play your game. And that's just been my thing with Clemson. And in comparison with that, you just have to come out, play your game, and, and, and show that you're the more dominant team. And if the committee – it can't strength the schedule, it seems like the committee, one week is strength of schedule, the next week is quality win, the next week is who had the worst. So, like, I just want them to find some balance on the committee to understand what are the deciding factors because every year it's been, like, diff- it's been different. Sometimes they categorize, you know, conference champions and, like I said, you know, quality wins or losses or whatever, but – I think Clemson, just go out and play your game, man. You just got to look dominant against – you got to beat up on Wake Forest. You got to beat up on North Carolina. And, and just to show, you know, the committee, style points do matter. I know they say it doesn't. It, it definitely does. I think I think one, one way that you could um, improve the system right off the bat is make – uh, Notre Dame play in the ACC title game if they're if they're there yeah. like rankings wise instead of giving them like the playoff first. So then last year they would have had to play Clemson. Then this year they you know let's say they would have had to play Clemson this year and it, and at least then we get to see them against somebody even if Notre Dame loses to Michigan and and they very well could. Um, I think that at least you're seeing like I, I mean I think Notre Dame's easily a top twenty team. At least you're seeing Clemson against somebody in crunch time down the end of the season. And that and and so like I think if if the coastal stays weak or even if if the Atlantic division fell off or something I think like Notre Dame if they're ranked in in the top ten or fifteen or something should probably jump into the um, second slot in the ACC title game since they already have that arrangement and then that helps to clear up kind of some of this like people just sliding through either being partial ACC like Notre Dame or straight ACC like Clemson. That's, that at least helps us all because Notre Dame's typically up. They're not going to be down. Like, it, it would at least give another program with clout into that conference all of a sudden if they're going to claim to be a power five. Do you guys propose maybe expansion helping with that? Expansion yeah. of the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think everyone's there, man. I mean, I think easily you, got, you could fill six slots. I think – there's nobody that would be against that. I mean, easily six to really eight. I mean, but 
I mean, no, I, I honestly, I think it's going to all shake. It's all going to shake out, man. Yeah. It's all going to shake out this year. LSU and Bama have to play. You know, Ohio State could slip up. We there's there's games coming down the stretch. Oklahoma could slip up. It's. I think it's going to shake itself out like it always does and bail out the committee in the end. All right. Um, I was going to say, if it doesn't, though, I really I really think that we're, we're heading to that level where people are going to start screaming for expansion. And, and honestly, I feel like if Oregon hadn't lost to Auburn and they were in that top five and then they, they somehow didn't get in because people would say that, oh, the Pac-12 is not strong enough – then they would have a claim against Clemson as well, and that would probably start people talking about expanding um, anyway. But I, I really feel like it, it's going to get there. The ratings haven't been that great uh, for some of the bowl games anyway. So just expanding so, the playoffs and, and just starting it earlier I think would really help. And One thing that I do want to see that's going to be really interesting for the committee, let's say Alabama loses to LSU without two in next week, finishes the season 12-1. and one. You have a 12 and one non-conference championship, uh, not even appearance for Alabama. You're going to have LSU, Oklahoma, Clemson, and Ohio State. You think the committee's going to leave out Alabama? <clears throat> that's they? the role that are they I, permitted I, I, I to mean, do that? That's what we're going to see because I mean they <laughs> went back so and said, "Hey, like, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, everybody's kind of you know monitoring the, the two injury. I personally don't think. I mean, he's not going to be a hundred percent." But I'm just saying, if Bama was to lose that game, and then, you know, LSU goes on to be the SEC champion, then you have Alabama, then you also have, you know, Ohio State. It's going to be interesting. Like Chase said, it's going to play itself out down the stretch, but, I mean, the committee's going to have a much tougher decision this season than I think they've had in the years past. So, Chase, we haven't gotten to to, uh, get most of your insight because you left the group. I don't know why, but you left. Anyway, I know people are very curious um, to get some of your thoughts on um, some of the things that have happened uh, throughout the college football landscape, Uh, mainly your thoughts on the team up north, I guess is what you guys call them. Uh, Do you you think Jim Harbaugh is is in over his head and is finally catching up and he's going to leave? Well, I heard I heard that there that he very well could. Now, obviously, I don't want him to. I want him to get that <laughs> lifetime contract they were talking about. Um, but I I don't see where one I don't I, I guess I guess NFL teams could look for him. But I I I feel like dollar for dollar he's got it made at Michigan. Um, he's not going to get you know more than the seven and a half million a year they're giving him there. And they're not going to get anything better than him. So I, I think, like, realistically, their best bet is to ride this out longer, see if Gaddis is, is some you know, the, someone they can work with, although that has not worked at all yet. But it's the first season of that. Um, you know, what can we expect for them, man? If he goes, who do they get? Like, who realistically are they going to get that's going to put them in position – to be the preseason champions every year and to get 10 wins. I mean, it's not, it's not That's like wild, they're baby. awful. They're just not the Buckeyes right now. The Buckeyes <laughs> are hitting on all cylinders and, and screwing his life up. That's realistically what's happening. Bias aside. So, Chase, do you think Michigan – do you think – I'm going to say Michigan fans, but the appeal of the program 
you think Michigan's expectations are just too high? Are they off base? Because can they truly year in and year out really compete at a level with Ohio State? That's really what it boils down to first. And I say no. I just don't think it can happen. I think Michigan is a place where 10 wins may be an awesome year. And like Joel Platt was saying on Colin Cowherd is that Bo didn't win a national championship. It took Lloyd Carr, what, seven years to win a national title. And Harbaugh is pretty much exceeding those standards. He hasn't had the national championship, but he's winning on average, I would say, nine and a half, ten games a year. So, I mean, yeah, like, like, what else can Michigan expect? Should they? Is Jim Harbaugh the type of coach that can be an Urban Meyer, Dabble Swing? Like, do you think he's that good to propel Michigan, or do you just think, hey, this is probably what it's going to be? I think that the biggest problem is that they that he had to go against Urban Meyer, and now you arguably have a better staff with a more op, a, a more optimistic future in Ohio State right now. And that that kills them. Like, that's why they were so excited over the offseason is because Urban Meyer's finally gone. But realistically, the staff top to bottom <laughs> is light years better than it was the past few years at Ohio State. And that's improved recruiting even more. So when they're going after the same guys and Ohio State gets them all, when, when they're in, in Ohio State has the better staff and Ohio State's putting out more, like that just, honestly, it screws their whole, their whole program up because that's a loss at the end of the year every year. Now they could beat Ohio State this year and then that changes everything, right? I mean, and they, they yeah. come so close a couple times and they, and they very well could do it this year. I mean, and then what happens? Like it changes everything for them. So I, I say you stick with it because I don't realistically see anyone else out there that's going to do better for them. So I mean, eventually Rod, he's going to beat Ohio State. I don't know when it's going to be. It, it has to. I mean, it just has to happen. The guy can't go ten consecutive years losing to Ohio State. I just can't see another seven-year run against you know always seven against Ryan Day. Like, come on, I'm just just luck, man. Just probability. Like the guy has to win one. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> oh, like, man. Hey, like... hey, look, look, Chase, before you go, we got, I got to get you one more question. Um, and it's, it's near and dear to you. Um, and shout out to my boy, Holla, because I know he wants your opinion so bad. What is going on with Georgia? <laughs> Why do they suck? I mean, as has been discussed here for the uh, on this podcast for the last few weeks, and nobody knows Georgia slander better than Pat. I'll, I'll give him that. But um, you know they run the they run an archaic offense, man. And uh, until they kind of get with the times, you know, running the offense that they do, it leaves them vulnerable. And um, yeah, I, I don't think that Fromm is is the QB that they think he is. I mean, if you throw three picks to the same guy in one game, that is some Sam Darnold seeing ghost kind of stuff. And like, you know, realistically. You just got to get an offense that's that's up to up to snuff because the skill level in that state for recruiting is off the charts. The skill level on that roster and what's coming into that roster in the future is insane. There's no reason that they can't be competing with everybody, but but for Kirby, who just thinks that this is going to be Alabama five years ago forever, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for calling. I'm sure we'll get some kind of feedback off of that. 
somebody will probably be in your <laughs> inbox telling you how much they don't like you. But I uh, appreciate you calling, man. Uh, Chase is part appreciate of the committee. It, and he's also a diehard Ohio State fan. <laughs> Thank you all. So, Good luck. Oh my God! Get off my podcast. Um, so <laughs> I had to laugh because when you were talking about Jim Harbaugh having to win one, I just I just was thinking like, what if Harbaugh is gonna pull a Magic Johnson, man? I'm not gonna, gonna be like <laughs> <laughs> next next at the end of the season. He's just like, nah, it ain't gonna be me. Uh, but I, I, I mean, that's the the top ten in the committee so far. I I really have to say um, they've done a great job. I'm so job. thankful that I found 13 people that are willing to buy in. Um, even though, shout out to Jesse, I got to be in her inbox every single day. It's working to my favor uh, to do that. But anyway, um, we're doing good. I can't wait to see how we uh, arrange the bowl schedule and uh, how that's going to work. I'm still trying to figure out some kinks in that, but I'm excited to do that as well. Um, I guess we got to go to our next seven. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, our next segment, which everybody loves. Read a book. Take a look. Because it's the kitty table. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for obvious reasons, for obvious reasons, Wisconsin, come on down. <laughs> come on down. I know people would say looking ahead is, is a real thing, but I don't know how you look that far ahead that you can't beat Illinois. I don't know. I don't know. It it's it's bad, man. It's bad. In my opinion, it's bad because it's like every single year that Wisconsin does well and they, they start out seven oh, eight oh or something like that, they always have this hiccup. And there's no coming back from this. There's no coming back from this unless they beat Ohio State. And and even if they beat Ohio State, they probably still cannot possibly find a way to get into uh, the top four. So it's it's over for them. So at this point, they're just playing spoiler. How disappointed are you on a scale of 1 to 10 with Wisconsin this weekend? Uh, at 15. I think for me, it was, you know, the first showcase, you know, game, the marquee game for the Big Ten Conference. And, you know, I always joke around and say, like, man, we're carrying this conference. Can someone else, you know, do their part? And to see Wisconsin lose to Illinois and to think that people, you know, put them in, in the same category as, you know, in Ohio State or maybe Alabama or Clemson. Now, Ohio State has had their bad losses too, but it, it was just in a, such a look-ahead game. Like, I feel like you said, like, Wisconsin, the style of play and who they are, they can't make up for that, especially, like, on the side of the Big Ten West where, you know, the next toughest team that have to play is maybe Minnesota and probably, you know, a decent Nebraska team. And I think for Wisconsin to really propel and show they're really one of the better teams in college football, is it's pretty disappointing, man. I think it was pretty disappointing in the conference. But I think from an Ohio State, just like a standpoint for them, I mean, they, they don't care. They're just like, look, we're going to steamroll them, you know, regardless. I just think that's the mentality and attitude around the program. But, yeah, for them, I mean, I don't know how you come back because, I mean, let's say they do win the Big Ten West. And now you got to go back to Indian State, Ohio State again. And so it's like a really, you know, a good season, a good team could turn into a three-loss season just by, you know, having a bad loss like that against Illinois. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, I don't think there's any bouncing back from that. Um, yeah. I wish that we made it a habit of putting winning teams at the kitty table because Texas, you know, you know, I was waiting. <laughs> I was waiting. 
you know, what's up with my boy Les, man? It seems like he, he him and the kids just get up for these big games where nobody really expects them to do anything, and they just come out of nowhere and make it competitive. I really wanted Kansas to beat Texas so bad. So bad. I could have got off a double shot of slander on that based off of (laughs) Kansas football beating Texas football um, in the same way that I slandered Shaka Smart, um, but he, he beat Bill Self. So I, I had all kind of Big 12 slander just waiting. I was going to let it fly. And I was so disappointed to see that, that Kansas didn't win. But um, yeah. Texas Texas got to chill with the we're back thing. You know, just wait till yeah, you get another bad, BS yeah. Bowl against, against maybe you get Georgia again because they're, they're kind of struggling as well, which another team, if I could put them at the kitty table, at least for that first half, like awful, yeah. man. Awful. So – uh, Wisconsin, like I said, obviously you have to go there. I don't got your fight song because, again, we're looking at um, – I think we're looking at some lawsuits here if we ever make it big because we keep using everybody's fight songs and copyright. So I don't have the fight song, but the Wisconsin Badger, 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 um, you guys are at the kitty table. Um, next question for you specifically about the kitty table. What is the most disappointing of the two losses to you? Georgia losing to South Carolina or Wisconsin losing to Illinois? The most disappointing for me, actually, is probably UGA. To see UGA lose and, you know, just from being an Ohio State fan, it's a, you know, we know we've lost to Iowa and to Purdue here in the last couple of years, but to see that experience to happen to UGA and to, you know, a team that I really thought, like Chase said, is they're neck-to-neck with Alabama and Ohio State in recruiting. I mean, those are the three most talented rosters in college football. And to see them lose a game like that in the fashion they did, especially with the narrative, you know, that, oh, you know, Jake Fromm is better than Justin Fields. And, you know, this narrative of Kirby's a lot better than Mark Rick. But here we are. We haven't seen it yet. You know, as talented as they are, they they just haven't put it all together yet. And I, I just think kind of that's where UGA is. That's where UGA has been. It's just kind of who they are. But, I mean, Wisconsin, they're just going to Wisconsin, man. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm surprised and I'm shocked, but I'm like, you know what? Like you said, we, we get this from them. This is look-ahead game. Certain programs just, when they're in the spotlight, man, they just, it just it, – it, it's tough. It seems like anytime Wisconsin is in this marquee moment, they get caught in the look-ahead, and every single year this happens this way. So, so we're going to look ahead. We're going to look ahead to this weekend. Wisconsin has a chance to erase some of the bad taste when they travel to yeah. Ohio State. Fourteen and a half. Wisconsin is getting fourteen and a half. The over under is at forty nine and a half and our local resident weatherman is telling me that it's gonna be kinda sloppy. So uh what would you play in this game? I play Ohio State to cover. I, I look at the team that I've seen the you know last seven, eight weeks and they're the most complete team in the country. Now, I know people can say what they want about the schedule, but, you know, it says Zagreb rankings that, you know, it's one of the top 25 schedules in college football. And to see how – there's no team that hasn't been within 24 points of the team. Now, Wisconsin statistically has the best defense in college football. So I want to see what their approach is going to be. They're going to crowd the box and try to take J.K. Dobbins and Justin Fields out of the run game and force them to be a, a passer down the field because we've seen that. This offense is really explosive. So I want to see what Wisconsin is going to do. But I just don't think, man, that they have, they just have enough to, to be able to score with Ohio State, man, for four quarters, regardless of the weather, because 
one thing I think teams that, uh, Wisconsin really struggles with is not just teams that are fast, but teams that are Ohio State is as big or bigger than Wisconsin. You know, we can match them size for size in the front seven, but we're also the most athletic team that they're going to see all year. So it's always created some problems because it's really hard for that ground game to get going when you got to block guys like Robert Landers, Baron Brown, Chase Young. Tyreek Smith. It's really, really hard for them to to block seven and eight, you know, NFL caliber guys. So, yeah, I'd play Ohio State big, man. I think it'll be a a forty two to twenty type game. Dang, forty two. Yeah. 40. Well, I'm I not. I'm not. So much talent, and I mean, from based on what I've seen, I, I mean, I, I try to take it week to week, but I just think Ohio State is just not from being, you know, an Ohio State alumni, just from looking at the game and saying, man, Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins, that run game, people, Justin Fields, he didn't throw for 200 yards. I think he went, what, 17, like 22 for 192 and like four touchdowns. He's just very, very efficient because that run game gets going really, really fast, man. J.K. Dobbins and Master Teague, and I just don't know if Wisconsin has enough, man, between the tackles to for four quarters to sit in there and just take blow for blow with Ohio State. I, I don't see it. So I am – not opposed to the cover. I, I do think it's a little hefty, but um, Wisconsin is not the same Wisconsin when they travel um, historically. Um, I, yeah. I feel like if there was ever a time this year where we would see Ohio State really step up and, and really get into a game, I feel like this is the one. Um, I think they've been looking forward to this game as well. Uh, if you look at their schedule so far, they haven't necessarily really been challenged. Um, I guess people might say Michigan State would have been a challenge, but I don't think they were really, you know, up for that game, and they still smacked them around. So I think we'll know whether or not Ohio State can cover because they, they've generally started a little slow um, in some of these games lately over the last, yeah, like, we'll three or four we'll weeks. Yeah, so if they come out and they don't start slow, we're going to have problems. Um, I can see Ohio State but covering. This is, the same, uh, this is the same Wisconsin team that scored, what, 10 points against Northwestern. I know, yeah. 10 yeah, points that's against Northwestern. They, they, they were at home against Northwestern, man. And to see 50, we put up 52 with ease. Yeah. Like, we played another was, conference opponent that was over by halftime. Yeah, and I was gonna say the thing that I can I can see um is is if um if Ohio State forces turnovers because they yeah. there's still that thing about Wisconsin that they don't play well from behind. So if Ohio State gets out early and, and, and makes uh Wisconsin have to play uh, at a pace and and in a in a style that they're not comfortable with, I, I think that's going to be one of the biggest keys to to their uh, covering the spread. So I'm definitely not opposed to it. It's a little hefty, but I'm willing to, to go ahead and and you know by the hook, obviously. But I'm willing to go ahead and take my chance with it. I actually put that in one of my picks uh, for my pick'em. Let's see, we've got some other action around the country that interests me and probably should interest gamblers. Um, we're definitely not doing USC Colorado at this point in the year. I'm, I'm sticking to my guns. I'm not trying to bet on trash teams, um, and I consider them <laughs> trash. One of my favorite plays of the week, my boys yet again from the Naval Academy, three and a half against Tulane. I'm willing to buy that down to three, but I I like Tulane. Everybody knows I like the Green Wave, but 
Navy is on to something special this year. I really think they are, and it all starts with their quarterback, the fact that he knows the option and he can actually throw the ball a little bit. But they've got good chemistry on that offense. Their defense is very solid, um, and they're playing at home, which in Annapolis they've always been tough anyway. I, I really like this game. I think it's one of my favorite plays this week. Navy, man, Navy's on a hot streak, man. I think Navy, the service academies, man, if you really look at it, when when they get on you and you can't stop that, like, triple option, it's going to be a long day. And Navy puts up points. Like, they beat teams. They're putting up now, and they're passing the ball a little bit. I've been, you've been liking Navy all year. I've been watching. I'm like, man, that was, that's been a good play. Navy's been pretty consistent yeah. down the stretch. Navy's been my squad, man. I was going to say, I'll go ahead and uh, throw Air Force in there, too, at three and a half at home against um, Utah State. Just go, go, A. Hey, we're going all Navy, I mean, all uh, military academies this weekend. All service basically. academies. Yeah, all service academies. Uh, shoot, I'd even be willing to look into uh, Army's game against San Jose State at nine and a half, uh, just because I, I think Army is the more complete of the three teams. Um, when I watch them play, but Air Force has been really um, gouging people as well. So uh, taking the threes on on the service academies and, and the way they run the triple option, control the clock, and so forth, I I love it. I always love it, man. And they, and they never punt, which is a good thing too. If you want to extend drives and you need a late score to cover, they they always have the ball. They're always they're always trying to score. Um, so you're not going to get too many field goal opportunities in there as well as generally touchdown or nothing. And when you're talking about three points, that really matters. Um, so Air Force, Navy, I like them. Um, let's talk about this game. Even though I just said that we wouldn't talk about trash teams, but you had pointed it out, and I, I ain't going to lie, I'm pretty shocked. Liberty is a seven-point favorite against the Rutgers. <laughs> I I honestly, when you when you tagged me in that and I looked, I thought I was halfway awake. I was like, am I seeing that right? <laughs> Exactly. What is that? What is that? What is going on? I mean, Rutgers is—they're not good, but I don't think Liberty is a Big good. Ten team, man. Yeah, that's, that's, Liberty's that's Liberty's program just moved up to the FBS system. <laughs> uh, I want to say this year, this year, yeah. Freeze yeah. doesn't yeah. even yeah. walk the sidelines. I think he calls plays from off the field. Man, that's disrespectful to be a big it is. a Big Ten member, man. And you're you, you're getting seven points to Liberty on the road at home. You're at home. That's sad, man. It's wild. I don't know what's going on with that. But how would you play that if you had to play it? Are you interested man, in it? Or are you like heck? No. <laughs> I'm so disinterested. But if I had to pick a side, I would choose Liberty. I've seen Rutgers. They're bad. They are really bad. And I think <clears throat> you freeze. Games like this. He's a guy with big-time college football experience. So he's know-how to come in and game plan against a team like Rutgers. Rutgers probably has a little more talent still on the roster than Liberty. But Liberty looks like they've been somewhat solid on offense. They've had a chance to score some points just with the system that he frees runs. I, I mean, yeah, I, I try Liberty, man. I mean, why not? I, I think Rutgers is really that bad. But, if, hey, if, if from an investing standpoint, you see value in Rutgers and you just saying, hey, there's no way they're going to beat a Big Ten team, I, I, I could see. I could side with that as well. Hey, uh, a line that I'm going to take a shot at because they owe, and I'm still mad about the Syracuse game. Let me see if I can get this get this number because I've seen, I've seen some – 
pretty high numbers. Clemson is hosting Boston College, and it's 34. 34 points. I don't think Clemson's up to it. I don't think they're up to it. I don't. 34 is too much. should be like 28. 34 is too much. Too much. 34 is a lot of time. I'm going to take Boston College to cover there, and I'm going to take it confidently, and I'm going to say, screw you, Clemson, because you owe me for scoring that garbage touchdown against Syracuse when you were already up 28. You didn't need to. I would have got my push, so I want my money back, and so I'm taking Boston College. What do you what do you think about that game? Man, I will say <clears throat> 34 points is a lot of points. Clemson, do they enter this, you know, next period of their season where they just kick in the high gear? And so they're start, so I know Boston College last week lost their starting quarterback for the season. So that's an offense that was already challenged to lose a starting mm-hmm. quarterback. I think maybe the public is saying, hey, listen, Clemson is still, you know, five touchdowns better than the Boston College team, you know, that lost their starting quarterback. But like you said, even though they're hosting BC, that's a lot of points, man. And Clemson hasn't, you know, really played at that type of level where I feel comfortable enough to take them for 34 points. So I, I like B, I would side with BC to cover on 30, 34 points. 34 is a lot. Um, that's a lot of points, man. It's a lot, man. I mean, essentially you're saying that Clemson is going to basically shut them out, um, which I don't think they can. I don't have any confidence in it. So, Clemson, if you're listening, Jamal, if you're listening, show me. I need to see it. My favorite play of the week, my favorite play of the week, and I'm still not understanding what I'm missing here. Why is Michigan an underdog against Notre Dame in Michigan? What is this sorcery? What am I missing? I I, I just don't understand it. There's nothing you could show me that tells me that Notre Dame should win in Ann Arbor. It's just not possible to me. Like, I can't even comprehend that. Like, I felt like Michigan should have been, like, a four-point favorite, and here we have them being um, a one-point underdog. It's really confusing. I haven't looked at where the money's going for the Sharps, but I feel like Sharps are going to look at the history, man, and they've got to play Michigan. They've got to play it. Man, (laughs) big games with Michigan. I, I mean, we know how that goes, but I mean, for Brian for Kelly's not Notre good Dame, either. <laughs> yeah, he's not good either. But I think Notre Dame has just looked better. I mean, listen, Notre Dame has looked more consistent. They've had their issues, but they've looked more consistent on all, all, offense and defense than Michigan has at any point in the season. I know it's a road game, and how people and how people feel about road road teams, especially going on a place. I don't think now. I would say Nebraska hasn't won in their. I said Nebraska, excuse me, Notre Dame hasn't won in their last four trips to Ann Arbor. So, I mean, if you're into one of those people that are in the trends, yeah, you could say, hey, maybe Notre Dame just can't beat Michigan at home. But Michigan hasn't looked good, man. I mean, they, they showed a pulse last week against Penn State, and I thought they played a lot better. But just seeing what I've seen from Notre Dame, I, I think Notre Dame could win by six points. I could see that. I could see a 28-22 type of game from them. I think it'll be low scoring or relatively low scoring for both teams being, you know, I think Notre Dame will capitalize on more opportunities down the field. I think I, I, Brian Kelly's a better play caller to me than Jim Harbaugh, and I think he'll find a way to get some points. I, I just don't see Michigan's offense being able to, to get, muster more than 20 points. Listen, man, I, I, I see the trends. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but no, 
No, no, no, no, no. It it just can't happen. I don't know what I'm gonna do if Michigan doesn't win. I, I don't I don't know where I will start with my hardball hatred. Michigan is eleven and zero straight up, seven to four against the spread in their last eleven games and at home, and they win by an average of twenty six point four. I know this is a different Michigan team this year. I know they've had some of their struggles. I know that a lot of people are citing the Army game as uh, one of the games that that Michigan let them down, but I I still say that people were silly for going against Army there when Army's already shown they can play well on the road against those large spreads. And, frankly, covering a a three- to four-score spread at home as a favorite is a whole lot different than covering a one-point spread as an underdog at home when you literally never lose at home. They never lose at home. And then you tell me Notre Dame's never won there in their last four games or whatever. Kelly's <laughs> yeah. bad. Did anybody see Kelly when they played Georgia in Georgia? It wasn't yeah. that great. It wasn't that great. And and I feel like it's going to be a similar game. You're going to have an offense in Michigan that doesn't necessarily move the ball well, but they've got defense, and, and they, they're going to do just enough to win. And, and I'm willing to take my chance on that because I just don't like Brian Kelly. I don't like him. I can't stand him. <laughs> So again, like I said, it's one of those games they gotta show me. I went on, I was on a golf podcast and I gave that out as a, as a best bet. So I'm out here putting my neck on the line. My reputation is on the line yet again, Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> I don't know what I'll do. I mean, I forgave Andy Reid for for screwing me over last year against the Patriots. I guess I could forgive Harbaugh at some point if he if he doesn't get this. But Michigan needs to win this game. They they can't afford to lose this game, and I just don't think that uh, Notre Dame is that good. So I'm willing to take the shot here. Uh, Let's see. There were some other games on here as well that should interest people. Um, I got one that I think kind of interesting that people probably aren't paying attention to, but I think it's a really good dog play. I'm always looking for, you know, I I don't, well, I mean, I bet obviously the main teams, but I think the game that's intriguing to me is Indiana-Nebraska. So Nebraska mm-hmm. is giving two and a half to Indiana. I like Indiana to cover and to win outright. Them two game winning streak, they're averaging like six point two yards per carry or whatever. Michael Penix, if the people don't pay attention, I think Michael Penix is going to be a guy who's going to come on the scene. He reminds me a lot of a young like Teddy Bridgewater. People should probably check him out. He's a really good young quarterback, left hand, and Indiana's foreign too. It's, it's uh, excuse me, uh, yeah, they're foreign too, and uh, Nebraska's were five and three or five and two. I don't know if that program and Tom Allen is ready to go on the road and win a big game like this, but, man, the trends and just seeing what I've seen on the field, man, I'm, I'm like Indiana, they they look pretty solid from, from what I've seen. They played us, you know, somewhat decently. It was only 42 nothing, but, you know, they looked like a team that, that was prepared to win. They won two games in a row, and I like them on the road to beat Nebraska. I think that's an interesting play. And also Arizona and Stanford. Yeah. Stanford's a one-point favorite. Don't know how that is. I really like Arizona to go in and to cover and to win outright. So those are my two, my dog plays of the week. I I really like. I'm going back to the well. You guys know what it is. My boys from Rocky Top, Tennessee, outright (laughs) win this week. Got South Carolina. We're not hearing none of that noise. Tennessee's better than Georgia. They already got me a two to one there, plus 175. Give me Tennessee again at home against South Carolina. Outright win. I need it. Um, I would love it as my dog play. Um, 
I'll take them. Let me see. There's a couple other interesting um, dog plays, like Kansas at four and a half against Texas Tech. Um, I like uh, – it's not a dog play, but UCLA. Um, they're they're – uh, well, not I don't like UCLA. Arizona State visiting UCLA. Um, I, I kind of have some interest in that line. Uh, there was one more. Oh, a team that people are not talking about, but I have made a decent amount of money off of them this year, Georgia State. They are hosting Troy. They're one and a half uh, favorites right now, uh, and I like Georgia State. Georgia State has been really good against the number, really good against the number on the road too. Um, so I, I think that Troy's – considered one of the better teams if not the second best team out there um but I, I really think this is a game for georgia georgia state to step up to and uh it's a good spot to, to really attack that because they've been really good all year and, and if you ask me it's a, probably a little disrespectful um probably as disrespectful as my man what is what is going on with south florida what is, <laughs> you what is going on they're two point favorite he against east carolina coach. East Carolina, they even have a football team. <laughs> They're getting a little better. You know, they got um, well, the coach from JMU, Stanford, he went to ECU. They gotten a little better, but that doesn't say much about Charlie Strong. I feel like they've gotten a little worse. They've regressed every yeah. year that he's been there because I feel like UCF has taken USF's spot. I feel like USF was the premier, like, you know, second level school in Florida. They had those good years and you know, everybody thought Charlie was, you know, got the wrong deal in Texas. But I think he's just an average – this is the football coach that he is. He's just, okay. I don't know what he's doing. He, like, I saw the line and I was like, dang, man, you, you're struggling, man. You don't, you know, you get, what, two and a half or whatever it was to ECU? Yeah, let me go on in and say that um, teams that I – all right, so ECU I generally have a little bit of respect for at home. Um, teams like Charlotte, no. Four-point underdogs to North Texas. I don't know what North Texas has got going on. Um, I need to look at this line, but I don't respect Charlotte. Same way that Charlotte was Charlotte was favored against um, FAU when FAU came to visit. And I, I, I don't know if I said it on the air, but I definitely said it in private. I was like, there is no way, no way that this team in this program is ready for a team like FAU, who generally has decent success. Uh, as a football program. And again, Charlotte, not really known for football. North Texas has had a pretty solid football team um, over the last couple of years. That's the I think they were a good coach. Yeah, I was going to say they returned a lot of kids too. So I need to see it. The game of the week, which I'm, why is this not the eight? Uh, it's not the eight o'clock game because of, uh, never mind. I, I understand why. Anyway, LSU hosting Auburn. LSU is giving 11 to Auburn. My man Bo said he don't know what the big deal is about Death Valley. Ho-hum. I think LSU (laughs) waxes Auburn. I think they wax. When he came out and said that, I was like, I'll take 10 of those. um, And if you go to 10 and a half, give me me a little bit more of that. And when you get to 11, I'll still consider it. Hold on. I'll I'll be right back. I got to make some more money, but I'm going to put it back out there. What is he thinking, man? Like, what? I don't know. You what just went to the swamp and way. you didn't look good at all, and now you're going to LSU. What do you? It, it's gonna be worse. It ain't gonna get better. I mean, it ain't maybe, gonna get easier. 
maybe he's saying, hey, look, you know what? Bo Nix is talented. His first true road game was Florida. He lost. They're going to bounce back. But LSU, from what I've seen, now, Auburn has one of the better defenses in the SEC and in the country. But I just don't see Auburn's offense being able to hang in there. with Because, I mean, I mean LSU is clicking on all cylinders. The, the run game's going. The wide receiver crew is awesome. The quarterback is, is balling, Joe Barrow. So, it's I don't see it. When I saw that line on him and I heard, I saw it on Twitter that both said that, I was like, damn, man, you're asking for an ass whooping. That's cool. I, 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 I know where I'm going with this. LSU. It could, honestly, for me, it could be like plus thir- 13 I would even feel comfortable with. I could see it. Them, I could see it turning into a Florida, the same, the sem- a very similar game to how Florida and LSU was. Yeah, I mean, I'm playing it the same way. I'm playing it for LSU to be outright a, a touchdown better than them and then for Auburn yeah. to give me a touchdown off of, off of some kind yeah. of turnover. Um, I will say that um, you get some of these guys, man, they, they say these things in, in the media and, and people are like, some people like it. I don't like it in college. I don't like it. You shouldn't, like, you, you can – you can talk a little bit of trash in the NFL because some people got different motivations. These college kids, all of them hungry, all of them looking for a reason. I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> like, stop talking. Why yeah. are you talking? Um, Especially I don't when you like, to play um, like Valley, man. Yeah, and I don't like what I saw from them uh, when they went to um, the swamp. And, and LSU, they know just like everybody else knows, there's blood in the water, man. This is the time. This is the time. Yeah, time to cut it off. Yeah, so um, I expect them to um, to really show out, and uh, it's a three thirty game too. Yeah, th- t- like I said, it's kind of disrespectful that they got LSU on at three thirty. <laughs> but <laughs> there's, there's more motivating factors for LSU to to put their foot to uh, Auburn than it is for Auburn to think that they can come in and and, and put up a fight. Uh, so that that's that pretty much covers the slate that I'm looking at uh, this week. I mean, there's a couple other games sprinkled out there, like Central Michigan visiting Buffalo. They're two and a half uh, underdog. Uh, I think Central Michigan is pretty solid. Buffalo's been really inconsistent. Um, Penn State visiting Michigan State, I actually don't like it, even though it's five and I just don't. There's something something telling me that I don't like it. So I'm not even going to – I'm not going to touch it. I didn't like how I had to sweat when they play Iowa, um, and I think that's what's really drawing me off of them as well. So um, probably the game of the week is going to be Connecticut at Massachusetts. You heard it here first, so make sure you guys check that out. <laughs> <laughs> Real, no, that's sarcasm. I'm joking. Uh, Mark, is anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to talk about before we sign off? Don, man, I think we got the best games of the week. We got Auburn and LSU. We got Ohio State, Wisconsin. We we covered pretty much everything, man. It was good to hear from Chase, the ghost of Chase. I think he had a pretty good show. That was good for me. All right. Well, um, I'm just gonna say as a reminder, if you if you skipped everything, you only listened to the last two minutes. The Service Academies this week. The Service Academy. Invest <laughs> in, support your troops, people. Support, support your troops, troops. and they will support you. <laughs> Okay. All right. This has been IBS Jesus, and this has been the week eight IBM Weekly College Football Podcast. We're signing off. Peace.